The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we're back. We have the mad hooper here. His name is Eddie Gonzalez. I can't understand why he's so mad. He has a podcast, the Etcetera's with Kevin Durant. He has a you know a nice little place in 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 um in New York. I don't get why he's so mad. He has everything he could possibly want right now. But Eddie, why are you so mad? I'm gonna tell him why I'm mad, son. Logan, you know I'm from Sacramento, so I have this weird relationship with the Sacramento Kings, which happen to be the worst franchise in the NBA. They still have the record right now for the longest playoff drought in the league, 14 years. They should be thanking the Seattle Mariners. Because had it not been for the Seattle Mariners, they'd have the worst playoff drought in the three major sports. This is an awful organization. They make my city look bad. They hired Vladi Divac with no front office experience. And he went on record and said, I kind of didn't know how the salary cap worked. Thanks, Vladi. They trade all their best players, let them leave town. They drafted a rookie of the year. They said, we're not giving you the max. And he went and got some big money from New Orleans. They could have drafted Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard. And Clay Thompson. Instead, they drafted Terrence Robinson, Jimmer Fredette, Marvin Bagley. Bagley's good. Let me not make it sound bad. But imagine that team today. I'm mad that the Sacramento Kings exist. They make my city look bad. Could you imagine all the bars my guy Mozzie could be getting off on every track if the Kings mattered? Yeah. So that's why I'm mad. Because the Sacramento Kings, they exist. And from the, and they're from the same city as me. Real ones up next. <laughs> This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Real ones, Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell over there. Got a special guest in the building, Raja. We have a writer, a podcaster, podcaster on the Etcetera's podcast with Kevin Durant. Some somehow has an East Coast accent, but being from the West Coast, we have Eddie Gonzalez in the building. What's up, Eddie? How you doing, bro? Now don't you start that, man. Like you got a barrier twang to what you saw, what you say, man. Come on now. Leave me I'm just here. saying. <laughs> you see how you see how you see how he proved my point there, Roger, where he just came back to with the rebuttal with a New York accent. You seen how that works out? That's that's kind of crazy. 
I do hear the accent, bro. Got the fresh lineup like he's straight out of NYC, too. Like he's ready to go. Mm, mm, hey, man, mm. come on now. I knew I was on camera. I said, I, I begged Logan, can I just be the black box? Can I just do that? He said, nah, nah, nah. We, we using this. So <laughs> here I am, man. I, I, brought a, I brought a beanie and all that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's time. Yo, so we're talking to you on the heels of your interview with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green on the Etcetera's. And they talked, the, you, you had a wide range of discussion. You guys should go check that out. Wide range of discussion. But you guys, it was the first time both players, at least publicly, talked about the incident um, in Los Angeles on the sidelines where words were exchanged and from the outside looking in, threatened to derail the whole um, Warrior season in 2019. Why was, that, why was it appropriate to have that conversation right now? It's not even necessarily a timing thing. It's just something I knew had happened. So it's like, let's let's show the world this. And there's a there's a delicate balance with the pod, right? Like we want to give Kevin to the audience as authentically as possible, but we also don't want to intrude on his private life. So that was one of those things. I knew that those two guys had reconciled of sorts. And they said it on the pod. They did it right after. But the 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 outside world didn't think that they were even on speaking herbs. So it was like, yeah, let, let's show the people this and it's a good time. And uh, I, I think, it, you know, a lot of people were interested in that. Whether you want to believe what they said or not, like, I don't know why you wouldn't believe first person directly from the source, but I saw a lot of that this weekend. But, you know, I felt like they were comfortable, they were honest, and it's the same stories I heard in private. It, it's usually just not as bad as it looks from the outside. So I wanted, I wanted the world to see that finally. Yeah. Why? Why was? What was it like for you being on someone that that knows Kevin and uh, you know Kevin on that level, and know at least you know that he's saying that oh me and Dre are good, me and Dre are good, and then the rest of the outside world is like nah, it's not. It's I don't believe that. I don't <laughs> think that that's true. What is that like for you to see it on a day to day basis, and then the outside world be like no, they're not cool. I know they're not cool because I know them. <laughs> Well, that's the KD experience, right? And y'all know yeah. I'm like completely willing to defend him, even if humorously on Twitter or whatever, because it's funny to me. It's funny to me how much people think they know what happens and literally have no idea. They do that with like relationships and stuff too, right? It, it'd be couples mm -hmm. goals. And then you find out uh, that that relationship wasn't nothing like it looked on Instagram or whatever. And Raza, you've been part of some dramatic teams and I'm sure you know on a day-to-day -day, like look we might have a blow up today Tuesday but by the time we play Thursday we might have had two dinners by now and locked in and you know I might have seen his son and it's all love and so yeah like I knew that and I know that with most of the things that happen around Kevin so it's like funny it used to, it was irritating at first like you want to defend your guy right if somebody was talking crazy about Logan on the internet I'd want to go nah like Logan's cool he's a real one but like you kind of get over it, especially with it's Kevin and there's something new every other day so it's like it just amuses you at the, at some point how how much will you guys use that platform of the of the of the pod to like shift narrative if you will mid-season or how much of it is just going to be an exploration of like topics that you guys are like really interested in and Kevin's kind of you know you know another venture for him into the media space or is it something that you guys kind of strategically plan to like you know, dead, like athletes have a platform now. Uh, I talk about it a lot. We did not. So to your point, you know, those teams where we knew behind closed doors, we were straight, but couldn't control the narrative out there because we didn't have the platform. It exists now. So is that, is it a strategic thing in that regard? Uh, will it be employed as such at times, or is it more going to be just, you know, things that you guys have interest in and kind of broadening horizons around, you know, around Kevin? We, we kind of just want to stick to our interests. Uh, there are times when that comes up. There are times when, depending on the way things are, like when he was injured, we were the only source to speak to Kevin uh, for, for a month. Uh, but we didn't talk really any basketball. And it, it, we kind of want to reach outside of that. We know Kevin's interesting for basketball. And I know the Draymond episode is big because of basketball, but it's not really the... I don't view it as the platform for him to come dispel rumors. You know, there was the one... There was the stuff going on during the same week as the Draymond episode with the the mailman from next Friday. And it was like, well, there's no reason to discuss this. You know, fuck him, basically. Uh, but there are times where, like, you kind of had to address it. We spoke on COVID and his frustration with uh, the leak protocols and, and, and things like that. Uh, he, he spoke on 
watching his teammates, enjoying James Harden, what he's doing, and and on and on. But like I always joke, you know, when y'all get off work, you don't really want to talk about work too much, right? It's like let's talk about what I'm watching on Netflix or whatever. So that's kind of how I approach it. And if he got something he want to address, obviously we'll do that. But usually we just leave it be. Let people believe whatever they want and kind of just carry on. He got other stuff mm -hmm. going on and. You get with your friends, you'd rather talk about music. You'd rather talk about this than the bullshit going on, right? Right. Yeah. Why? I, I you know. I know when in covering him for Kevin for a, a couple years that he is a guy with many interests that he doesn't necessarily get to get out. Is that one of the biggest things for this podcast was to get out those other interests that he is into, um, like music and, and culture? Because that's something he talks about all the time. He's not afraid to talk about that in a private setting. Was that was the et cetera's a podcast where you can kind of bring that out of him, where he can kind of give his takes on stuff that has nothing to do with who? Absolutely. Like, that's always my approach in working with Kevin in general. Like, anything that we project outward that's going to feature him, to me, my goal is to show the world, like, the, the guy that is I became cool with. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's, we know he's an incredible basketball player, and we kind of know how you become that, right? You work really hard. You, you're, you're blessed in certain ways and then you become like that story is told but I, I'm intrigued that he knows who Bodie James is you know what I'm saying I'm intrigued that he was the guy on on the Texas team that would download the music and burn the CDs and play them in the car with his boys like not like some lackey that's around him or would like it was Kevin on some desktop with his big ass seven foot frame figuring out where to get the songs and stuff so like that kind of stuff is interesting to me and I want people to see it and I want people to you know, whatever his reputation is, I know he doesn't care, but I'd rather people see this side of him and go, oh, no, nah, I get it. He's actually cool. He could, he could laugh with Cash Doll on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. He's not he's not whatever whatever he's painted as. And I know he doesn't care, but to me, I look at that kind of like as my responsibility. Like, let's get that out there. Mm. So what is it like, you know, we see all the takes of Kevin shouldn't be on Twitter. Why is Kevin engaging and why is he doing all of this? Why is he so sensitive? Why is he feeling this sort of way about this thing? What's Kevin's problem? <laughs> what is wrong with Kevin Durant? How do you, <laughs> what do you feel about that take? And, and is it warranted? Well, it's not warranted. I, I don't, okay. I don't think in my experience, well, I get why people say that, but just knowing his perspective, I know that that's not necessarily, you know, the truth. One of the first things we clicked on, you know, when we met, was like, yo, you don't take this Twitter shit that serious, right? And it's like, nah, like I'm just here to kind of laugh and, and get my jokes off and and be witty, you know? And I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll clap at people when I want because I'm wittier than them and I know like what I say is going to make people laugh. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and that clicked for me because that's how I approach that too. People think I get all up in arms and I always laugh like just because I respond, it doesn't mean one, I care or I'm sensitive. Like, nah, I just kind of wanted to put you on stage have all my followers laugh at you and then go on about my day. And he approaches it the same way. So like, it's not like he's at the crib bogged down. Like, man, this dude on Twitter, every time I tweet, he goes, <laughs> win a real ring. It's not like that's like disturbing him. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I've seen the trophies. They're real. They're, <laughs> they look nice. So <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it cracks me up that that's the idea. And I'm like, nah, that's, I mean, that's not the Kevin I see. So, I mean, I guess if that makes you feel better, like Draymond said, if that, if that makes more sense for you, then, then run with it. Yeah. Raj, I have a question for you real quick. And it Go deals ahead. with Kevin. All right. Why, why, and it deals with athletes in general. Why do athletes, why can they talk shit about somebody on their team and like go at them and then be cool with them? A day later. What is it about athletes specifically that can do this? Why are you guys weird like this? If you could say the most out-of-pocket thing, and then the next time you see that person, y'all are good. Why is that a thing with athletes? <laughs> well, first of all, some athletes are better at it than others, because some of us do hold grudges, right? Like, we might not get over that shit as quickly as other ones, but um, I think there are two, like, there are two two components of that. Like the first being like to be an athlete, you have to have a short term, like a real short memory, like a real, real talk, just by the essence of playing a sport. Like if you miss a, a bucket, you can't be lingering on the bucket. Like you got to come down the next play and try to execute and shoot it again. Same with football or any other sport, right? So you got to be willing to let stuff go and, and, and keep it moving forward. The second is you pour so much into the quest for like whatever your team goal is. Um, 
and you're all competitors. So you know that there are lines that you personally will cross at times that in the quest of like achieving, cause I'm over competitive and I might cross that line, but that don't mean I really like truly genuinely feel like that. I was out of pocket for a minute. Right. So if that happens, you know, and, and Eddie loses his shit on me because we were in a hyper competitive situation. Um, like I know that's where it comes from. I, I know that's not like personal. That's just, you know, it manifested itself, you know, in the situation I can get past that because it happens to me, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's, there are two parts, short-term memory. And we all understand that competitors lose their shit every once in a while and might say some, some, some craziness, but we're coming back tomorrow because we're still on this quest together. We still got to get it right. And if I'm holding that grudge, we can't like, we cannot get right. Yeah. Eddie, have you seen that manifest with Kevin and Draymond during your time with both of them? That exactly what Raj just said, where it's, there's just they're two competitive dudes that happen to just argue sometimes, or is it are they just was that like just an isolated incident? Nah, I mean Draymond said that you know the only guy who was cussing him out on that team, like constantly bickering at him, was Kevin, and so there was a little bit of that mutual understanding between the two of them, like we could get at each other, and that wasn't the only time they went viral going at it either. I remember a couple times on that bench, you know they're. They're frustratingly going through whatever's going on in the game, and they got caught. I mean, the cameras are everywhere, right? But, Lo, you you know because you covered them, you were close to that team. Like, those guys are close. They, they you know, they they were beyond, like, work friends. And you could have a work friend in on a team, and that's fine because that's a job, you know, and, and everybody has their own groups of friends, and everybody got their boy from when they were 14 that they, is always around. But... Kevin and Dre, they clicked, they linked, and and they were cool like that. So I get why they said it, it was it was kind of like not a big deal to them. In the moment, yeah. And, and maybe it crossed the line, yeah. But there was it seemed to be an understanding afterwards. Like, look, we're competitors, we want to win. Draymond's passionate. Like Draymond has to be passionate to be Draymond. He's he's mm-hmm. a second-round pick. He's a tweener, like he said. He's all these things that he should not have been successful, and he's a multiple-time multiple, multiple time All-Star, Defense Player of the Year. He's anchored championship defenses. He has to have that. So you got to kind of understand that coming in, like this is who I'm dealing with on a day-to-day. And I think Kevin understood, and I think Draymond, you know, understood it. You know, maybe he fucked up a little bit, but that was just how they were. That was that yeah. was another that was another good component though. Like you're you're at the end of the day, you're brothers, man. Like you're you know what I mean. Like you're this isn't it, it really isn't like a, a a a work environment that becomes a family when you're in that locker room, right? And yeah. you know, like I got three boys here, they fight like cats and dogs, but at the end of the day, <laughs> like they're brothers, and and you know that typically outweighs whatever little bullshit you got going on, you know. Look, man, when Logan puts on one of them wild ass outfits and I gotta go, yo, what like you're making me look crazy on TV, dog. <laughs> he knows, he knows it's all love later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he yeah, knows, yeah. he knows I get that his pants are gonna be capris. That's cool. That's his thing. Uh, I gotta let him know. <laughs> I only see Logan. Listen, I only see Logan full disclosure. I I've never seen Logan in person. We've never really met uh, in yeah. person. This has all been all over Zoom. So I only get the top half with the hoodie and whatever <laughs> he's got on his head. <laughs> bro, if, if okay, let me find out, bro. He's that guy. Oh, oh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't give a shit what I wear. We out I here. Will send you know you I will send you some pics. If I think I wore some man. orange glasses, I wore some orange glasses over the weekend. I don't care as long as I like it. It's, it's straight. We here. Um, <laughs> now, 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 a question I have for you, Eddie, is if you have all those, if you have all those components, right, that they are cool this whole time. One would ask, and they see all the optics of an argument with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green on the sideline during Kevin's free agency year where he's about to go to be a free agent in the summertime. One would ask, if they were so cool, then why didn't Kevin stay? Why did he leave? I'm going to call a little bit of cap. I'm going to call a little bit of cap on being that cool the whole time. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, they got to a point of understanding. And Mm -hmm. I think since then, they got to a point of being back cool. I'm going to say that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm going off with it. But... I mean, I watched the same interviews as everybody else, and I watched them say all the things they said. But, I mean, I take Kevin at his word about him leaving and all that. Like, you know, he said later it kind of just happened, and there's a lot of components into that. And I think he feels like, I hate speaking for him, but I think he feels like he completed what he went to Golden State for. And he'll look back on, what is that, the 18 finals? Uh, No, that's 19 finals. He'll look back on the 19 finals and say, 
you know what, you know, that it is what it is. It happened. I gave it my shot as a competitor and we all know what happened there. And I, I think he just looks back and there's like a finality to it, to him. And now he's on his next mission. And one thing I learned about Kevin, when we talk, we talk about life and stuff, like he wants to do so many things. Like he, he's kind of like an experienced junkie. Like he wants to experience so many different facets of life. We'll talk about him wanting to like, he'll want to do a movie and he'll want to go skydiving. He'll want to do like all these random like experiences you can have in your life. He wants to do them and he has the capability to do that. So I, I kind of understand, like he got to the point of that where it did everything he wanted it to do. And it's next, let's see what the next step in life is. I don't know where this is going to take me. I don't know where this is going to take me. And I hope that it doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. But I will say this on The Real Ones podcast. If I have the opportunity to see Kevin's big ass fucking skydiving, I might do it. <laughs> I might do it with just a chance to see his big ass. <laughs> How we do might, you have the person on top of you? We might have I just, to film like that said, in the boardroom, huh? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Go ahead, Roger. I, yeah, I wanted to ask, like, you know, because we had Steve Kerr on not too long ago, and one of his clips <laughs> taken. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, That's no, no. Tough. I mean, yeah. So, like, <laughs> look, I don't know exactly what Steve was trying to say. I just was sitting here in the interview like everybody else. He said what he said. But being close to Kevin, like, there are situations, and I, I so I've heard. I haven't been on teams that have played for multiple championships, but. Even the Heat, like when I talked to James Jones and Mike Miller and those guys when I got to Cleveland, they said it started, the pressure started to mount. The dynamic changed from year to year. It became uh, more of a job than, than, than fun when it first started. Mm -hmm. So I could imagine that being the case. As, as, as close as you are to Kevin um, and dealing with him kind of like, you know, in the, in the new venture you guys have, do you see a different guy from, from his, the end of the time in Golden State? Like, because my family will tell you, they know when I'm happy or happiest, and they could tell when like things are weighing on me just from the guy that I am. Can, do you see that at all with him in Brooklyn versus the end there in Golden State? Was it refreshing? Well, so I met Kevin as he's recovering from his Achilles. And it is something I asked about because one of the things I always say, like there's a certain tier of player in the league and their team is wholly dependent on their success on both ends. And I felt like he was one of those players and they could talk all the super team stuff and all that we want, but he's been locked in a series where it's like, yo, if you're not the best player in the series, we probably won't have a chance. And I asked him about that, that kind of championship or bus pressure and, and stuff like that. And he, he, he views it as fun. You know, like that, that's kind of the point of plan. You want to win. And Kevin, he seemed to be chasing this level of excellence on the court. And that's what he wanted in Golden State. And I think that's what he wants now in Brooklyn is, he, he wants to reach this higher nirvana of sorts of basketball. And so to me, that seems to be what he's chasing. Pressure, I mean, Kevin's been dealing with pressure since he was the tall nine-year-old, right? And it's always like, go be the best. And he's been the best for a long time. One of the things he said that cracked me up was like, uh, he's been the best player on everything he's ever played for. Or he said that about somebody else. Let me not make headlines or whatever. But he said that about another player and he was like, that guy's been the best player he's ever played for. I'm like, damn, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a dope like tag to have on your vest. Like I'm whenever we walk in the gym, I'm the guy. And so there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. I I think Kerr, I think that's kind of the same thing he was going for. Like the pressure level is different and, and does strip away some of the fun. But Draymond and Kevin said it when we talked to them, you know, winning is fun. At the end of the day, winning is fun. So whatever pressure it was, if we won, kind of didn't matter. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it, Kevin said it himself. He he didn't see what Kerr was talking about. I, I, I thought that whole moment was funny. I did think it kind of got twisted into a Kerr and Kevin thing, which is unfair to Steve Kerr. But I do think like the questions of, yo, you'd rather lose 50 games than win 60? Like, I, I understood the complaints. So, yeah, that's kind of where I stood with it all. We we know what happened on our vantage point, right? If I'll be full transparent. We didn't think it was. We didn't think that clip was gonna go that big. <laughs> we didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal. Honestly, yeah. we we were like, "What's going on? What was it like uh, from your y'all point of view, from y'all side of you guys get the clip? Uh, Kevin sees the tweet and then responds to it. I wasn't around, so what what was on on your side? We know what happened on ours. What happened on your side? Oh, we was definitely cussing out Logan Murdoch. Like, yo, what, yes. what did Logan do? What's your, yes. what's your deal, bro? Oh, Logan. Come on, Come on bro. But, nah, I mean, <laughs> most of these things we, we laugh off. You know, we did Twitter spaces last week, 
and we were saying on there, like, if you've made a good Kevin meme, a good Kevin joke, we've seen it and laughed about it. You know, most of the stuff we can laugh off. It's a little, it's a little bit personal for Kevin because that's that's something he actually dealt with. Uh, but I, I I think he mostly laughed it off. He let his tweet go, and you know, every time he tweets, it matters. So it's like a thing. But uh, you know, his sentiments were essentially what he said on the podcast. Like he didn't agree and doesn't understand how you could value you could value a season where, you know, you're teaching or whatever more than a season where you made a, a title run and it could have won like that, that, you know, that margin of error was very slim and a lot of things had to go wrong for those guys to lose. And even then, you know, Steph makes that shot. They're, they're playing in a game seven and who knows. Right. So I, I think he was just, he kind of laughed it off, even though he clearly didn't disagree with the sentiment. Do, do you think that he would have tweeted it if if the initial tweet didn't go through? Do you think he would even knew anything about it? Do you think he would have? Like, because that's my thing. I don't think that it would have been a thing unless bro tweeted it. Do you think that he would have, it would have just still been a thing? Um, Kevin is hyper aware of things that go on, but mm-hmm. Twitter is a major source of that. So probably not. Probably not. Okay. As an avid As an avid listener of this podcast, I would have sent him the clip eventually, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. Sort of a message. <laughs> hey, Eddie, you said you said you um you met him during the rehab, you said? I did. I did. Um All right, I've only had one major injury, right? I tore my wrist up. Um I got traded to Golden State in the process. Um and my rehab wasn't a smooth one. Like there were times during that rehab and this is a wrist, not a not a damn Achilles. Mm. I'm 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 interested uh in were there times during that rehab where that shit wasn't smooth because there was very little insight into the rehab and stuff? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so was, were there times where, where, you know, he was frustrated and questioning whether, you know, he could wind up, you know, coming out of that looking the way he looks now? Like, cause that, that, that rehab process for those who don't know, it's not all like an upwards trajectory. Like you go yeah. up and you plateaued and you might drop off and then you're coming back. So, I mean, as much as you can, I ain't asking you to speak for him, but you know, were there times along the road where where you saw concern? Yeah, like definite frustration. I don't know about concern. I think when you're a guy like Kevin, you 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 have the utmost confidence in your ability, especially Fair. if it has to do with your body, right? Like he's Fair. he's he's an alien in a lot of ways. Um, but there was definite frustration. There's days where physical therapy didn't go how he liked it, and you know he's frustrated, he's annoyed, and he, he's sick of that shit. And there's days where. I, I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before. I remember the day he started jumping and started shooting. And I, I just so happened to go to his house that day and he was showing me this video they took. He's like, bro, like I, I'm back out there. Like I feel like a basketball player. He was so excited. He was able to like dribble twice and shoot. And he, he you know, he was amazed. So I think those little milestones helped him get through it. But it was, it definitely was frustrating. He voiced that for sure. The first time I met him, first time I actually met him in person, I remember kind of like laughing because He's on like this gigantic couch for an eight foot human and he's got his big ass leg out and he's just like massaging the back of his leg. And I'm like, does it hurt? He's like, nah, like kind of like, it's kind of like always there. Right. So I just kind of mess with it as best I can, loosen it up best I can. I'm like, that shit's crazy. So we talked a little bit about, you know, the rehab and and that's kind of where I learned mostly that he was frustrated with that stuff, but it's slow. It's such a slow process and for him to be a basketball junkie like he is, like, I can't even, I can't even hear the net for six months. Like, that sucks. So I think it was a lot of that. But I don't think he ever wavered on the idea that he would be back. I remember when we talked the first preseason game, though, because he had worked out, done open runs in the summer and all that and looked like him, you know, felt like him. And he has days where he's not feeling well. And I remember cracking up because he was he was guarding Kyrie. And he's like, I feel like I'm getting better defensively because Kyrie is ridiculous and I can't chase his ass all over the court. But that first playoff, that first preseason game, he got a dunk, his first basket. And I text him like, yo, they still closing out on the, on the kid, huh? And he, he was like, bro, it just felt so good to be back out there. And he was just excited to finally play basketball again. So I was happy for him to be back out there doing what he loves and kind of ending that frustration and you know, he, he's, he's got the COVID stuff he's dealing with this year. And then he, then he has another injury and it's just, it's been a long road for him. So every time he can be back out there looking like him, I'm happy for him. And, and I can tell that he's happier to be doing what he loves. For sure. Let's take a quick break. And um, I got some stuff, more stuff to talk about. 
This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we're back. Now, um... I wanted to talk about, we talked about Kevin a lot, but I do want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. And as of right now, they are second in the Eastern Conference, tied for that first place spot, but, you know, second in the standings. They got their ass kicked by the Lakers this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Their ass whooped. And without, (laughs) the Lakers did not have LeBron, who was originally your GOAT, Eddie. And they did not have, okay, they also did not have, uh, Anthony Davis, but just got pummeled by Andre Drummond. <laughs> I have long said that the Brooklyn Nets are good, but I need to look at that front court, and I don't know about that front court. And they didn't, they didn't change anything about my opinion. The fuck is going on with the Brooklyn Nets, Eddie? What's going on? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to win a title? Because I don't know what's going to happen. Yo, I didn't do. I, I I didn't hang up a banner in February when they beat the Lakers. You know what I mean? I I, I just let it be. Kevin didn't even play. It is what it is. I didn't think there was going to be banners on Saturday when they when they lost to the Lakers. But I mean, I feel like we didn't learn anything we didn't know about either team. The the Nets do need to be better in the interior on as far as rebounding, rim protection, all of that. And the Lakers are going to have issues with. Kyrie, they're going to have issues with James Harden and Kevin is Kevin. You know, he turned the ball over eight times, but that team is different when it's all three of them. Now, Kyrie did, <laughs> Kyrie did whatever he did and got himself ejected. And I didn't think the game was like going to matter after that. You know what I mean? And people people took a lot of stock in this game. I thought I was fascinated. But that that matchup, it it's interesting to me because they they're fit to bother each other in different ways. You know, and they're they're kind of made to be each other's kryptonite. I hope we get to see it at full health. I'm upset that we didn't at all this season. We the two chances we got, they were both tainted by injuries and all of that. But I'd love to see everybody come back full strength and hopefully they win their conference. But I think they both got a tough road on the way there. I think they both got some formidable teams they'll run into. They 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 should be the favorites, absolutely. I think they have the best collection of players in both conferences, but you know, that comes into matchups in the playoffs. And Joel Embiid looks like he's a tough matchup. Giannis is going to be a tough matchup. The way those teams are structured, uh, the same in in uh, in the West. Like, I, I'd pick the Lakers over everybody in the West, but there's some teams that, you know, you get two weeks and get to give them all you got. Who knows? They might get two, three. And if they get to the finals, you know, it's it's a battle of attrition. So the Lakers don't make it their full health. We're looking at a different series. Same for the Nets. I, I I just hope we get a good, healthy playoff run. I know that's usually never the reality, but I'd love to see it at least until they get there in July. Man, that hey, that game, I'm, uh, it's really interesting because normally I would say those games don't mean shit, right? I put no stock in the fact that the Lakers beat Brooklyn, kind of like you. But I do think the point is, is that's kind of exposing maybe a, a, a potential weakness in, in, yeah. in Brooklyn's, you know, um, chance to to win a championship and you're right like Joel, Joel Embiid we can be a is going to be a monster down there like it's a load um i would i'm just fascinated like brooklyn is so good like i still pick them I, but i just i'm with you in that there are a lot of 
things they got to navigate, right? And they're going to have to play with sound defensive strategies and execute them when you play teams um, that pose a mismatch problem for you. Like some of that's on Steve, some of that's on the team to follow that. Um, do they, do they, are they aware as a team of the need to be better defensively when it really matters? Or are they just kind of like, listen, dog, we are going to outscore you and you're going to have to keep up. And that's what it is. Like I'm, you know, cause some teams don't, I mean, it's, it's very rare that you're not a great defensive team through the year, but you have the ability to say, you know what, bomb, we got, we have vets like KD and James Harden and Kyrie who understand what it's about. And we're going to flip a switch and be solid because they're all very capable defenders, you know? Yeah. And I think throughout the season, they've made little incremental improvements where they've looked like, okay, now that's a functional NBA defense, you know, earlier right. in the season, it's like, come on, bro. Uh, to me, when I watched their biggest issues, is rebounding, like they're, if you play twenty good seconds of defense, but give up a re offensive rebound and they get a they get a dunk off that, then it doesn't matter what you did. Like you know, you, you defense ends when you get the rebound. But I do think in talking with Kevin and just kind of hearing what's been said around the team, I do think there is the idea that yes, they they can strap up enough when need be. I I, I like to see it. <laughs> I'd like to see it a little more than we have. Uh, it's been a weird season where a lot of these matchups with these these contenders haven't been full force. So we don't get to see it just yet, but I'd love to see it in the next month. And I, I do think like you, there is some remnants of that. There is some, you know, Kevin can be switchy on defense and help you there. And, 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 and they like what Nick Claxton does, even though Dennis Schroeder was running right past him over and over. And <laughs> they like what a lot of those guys done. And LaMarcus Aldridge has talked a lot about being helpful on that end, even though Drummond was just bulldozing him <laughs> over and over. But I, I do think, you know, if they get healthy in this next month and, and really lock in for the stretch run and even like the first round, they'll have some time to work on stuff. Uh, they'll, they'll get to a good point. But yeah. we'll find out. We'll find out when they play those real contenders in, in, in games that matter. Yeah, this started with the Lakers-Nets, uh, not rivalry, the Nets-Lakers uh, matchup. And the biggest story was Andre Drummond, who was highly coveted in the buyout market and a lot, I know it was covered by Brooklyn. What was that like? Did Brooklyn, were they close? Was, was it, why, how, and how disappointed was it them for not to get Drummond? Because it was, you know, it was the prize of the buyout market. He was. Logan's trying to get me in trouble. You see, uh, what, you see what he's doing? I, I do you see, see what he's doing there. Hey, I mean, you know, that, you, I'm a real reporter. I'm a real reporter, Eddie. I'm going to reiterate what I've seen on the internet, on Twitter.com. Uh -huh. uh, it seems like yeah. eventually the Nets decided uh, you know, they, they either didn't have a chance or whatever and and moved on and ended up with LaMarcus. And we'll probably never know who decided that, but, you know, you got to move on. You got to take what you can get. I think LaMarcus is a fine pickup. I think Andre Drummond will look a lot better when Anthony Davis is there to kind of hide any warts he may have. And same for LeBron. And, you know, them lobs come a little easier when LeBron's throwing them. You know what I'm saying? And, it's a little and, bit. Yeah, so uh, you know, the, you could chase a little bit more blocks, and you know, AD's behind you, and he could he could catch up on on, on that shit you missed. So, uh, you know, as far as that, I mean, there was interest. I know that much. I mean, I know as much as you guys know. You know how that goes, man. Raza, I want to ask you though, man, as somebody who played with Nash, what's it like seeing him coaching? Do you think how, how you how you feel about the job he's doing and all that? Do you guys? I guess they'll be able to talk a little bit about it. Like it's gotta be fun to see your guys. Come out on there. the pod, Steve Nash. Stop ducking. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking ducking. Yeah, I'm gonna listen. I'll air my beef on air. I don't give a fuck. Um, no, he. Hey, listen, I, I, Eddie, on, on, like, on some real. When he called me and told me he was taking that job, it just, it, it caught me off guard because I know how much, you know, stuff he has going on and how many. Un, not unlike Kevin, like. You know, yeah. when you're close enough to them, you know how much stuff they're into and, yeah. and, and that basketball isn't all encompassing, you know, for him at this point now that he's retired. But when he explained why he was coming back and, you know, you know, the passion for for trying to win again and, and the opportunity there in Brooklyn, I understood it. And I like real talk. I came really, really close to going up there with him because as former athletes, there's always a piece of you that wants back into it that, that needs that that quest for the championship, like that thirst to be around, you know, the, the, the gym and talking to shit and doing what you do in, in that setting. And so I understood it. Um, I was worried real talk when, when not for Kyrie and Kevin, uh, but when he got James Harden and, and not by for James Harden's personality or anything, but that's a lot of, 
That's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, similar skill set, if you will, right? And so I have my concerns because Steve is always kind of a laid back, um, you know, and KD, you know this, like Steve's not a confrontational type of leader. He's more mm-hmm. kind of chill, like let you figure it out. Uh, but I got to say, he played it right. Like he's he's done, I think, at least from the outside looking in, him and probably the big three there have done a great job at kind of just chilling out and letting it organically kind of flow. And it's worked, it's worked great. Now, uh, Kevin did want me to relay the message that, yo, why you didn't take that job, man? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I asked for that shit back two weeks ago. So look, (laughs) tell Kevin, if he got the hook, let me get back in. No. Um, See, see, see? Hey, 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 relax, relax. Real ones right here, man. What the fuck, Yo, Logan got more sway than Kevin. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? That's going right now. Hey, you see what it is? Hey, put the camera on me. Hey, hold on. Put the camera on me. (laughs) Yeah, you see it. Hey, Kevin, you see it. You see Listen, it. Listen, when, t- when Steve hit me, right? Like, Logan, I never told the, I never told you this story because no one's ever asked. But Steve asked me, right? I said, hey, I'm going to need a little time. Let me let me think about it. Because I, I got four young ones. Like, 13 is my yeah. oldest. So we're yeah. in the middle of it. Um, and when the pandemic couldn't provide any clarity as to whether or not they'd be around the gym, um, if, you know, I was like, damn, dog. Like, I can't even have my yeah. boys around it. That's going to be tough for me, you know? Um, so that all that played in. But... I went back to Steve and I said, look, dog, I think, I think I want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. and he was like, cool, let me, you know, give me a couple of days. So he called me back talking about, yeah, Kevin says he thinks it's a good idea. Like he like he likes you. He thinks you could be on board. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, wait, you asked me, you had to go get Kevin Durant to sign off on that shit. No, but it was oh, pretty cool. I, I was, I was, I was like really fired up, man. We got all the way down the, the process. It just didn't, it didn't work. Logan, should we? T- I tried to lock in with Logan on a podcast before, man, and he he, he big time me at the time. He was like, "Ah, dog, I can't. It's it's bad." I'm like, "Whoa, Logan, what was this? What's the what's the what was this? Nah, we don't got to yeah. talk too too much. Oh, I, got got I, I got one more for you. I got one more for you, Raja. Come on, what playing with playing with Iverson, and it's kind of like get out the way. He got it. Get the rebound, kick it to me. You know what I'm saying? That help defend, and then playing with Steve. It's like keep your hands up. Don't get your nose broke. Which, uh, how was that like for you? And it was, I don't even want to like compare and make one worse or better because I'm sure they were both fun. You, you, you played in a lot of important big games, but what was that like dynamic, like switching for you mid career? Here's what, here's what I'll say to that. Um, they were both exactly what I needed exactly when I got them, because mm-hmm. when I played with Chuck, um, and both of them were great teammates, great dudes, like great leaders, different, but great, equally great. Mm-hmm. I was not ready to help him in the capacity that he needed help, even if that was his style of play. I just wasn't yeah. ready. I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't confident. And so I needed to just be running around, defending, <laughs> providing some <laughs> energy. Like, that's what I needed to do. And then when I got to Steve, um, four years later, my game had grown a little bit. I was a little bit more confident. Um, I got to give Mike D'Antoni and, and Jerry Sloan a lot of credit for that, helping like build me up as a player. Um, mm. But I was ready for the role at that point, Eddie. So it was it was dope because I was ready to eat um, and we were all unselfish. And I really do think, you know, I know Kevin's great and I don't mean this in a, like Kevin, James Harden and, and Kyrie are great players. Um, I thought that Steve and Mike D'Antoni um, would be really good for them because what they preach is just, we can all eat, you yeah. know? Like we can all mm-hmm. get this and we'll be a great team and we, and you know, we'll just score more points so everybody can get more buckets. And that's our <laughs> answer, you know? Yeah. I, I remember uh-huh. talking with Kevin uh, when it was rumored and he he didn't believe they could get James. And then when it went down and he saw it the same way, like it'll be so free now on the court, you know? Like I, I don't care who dribbles it out. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. And Kyrie has echoed those sentiments publicly as well. I, I don't talk to Kyrie as much, so I can't speak on that, but... Kevin was excited about the opportunity of just ha- being that free on offense and being that dangerous on offense. And I, 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 I'm curious, you know, for you, 
and you've played against a lot you're of great teams. Taking over the interview, you see, you're taking over the interview right <laughs> hey, now. Man, just you know what I'm saying? I, they just the real etcetera. Just the real etcetera now. Look, this is some this is some pro shit. Let me let me cue you in. Uh, Logan was trying to get messy and and play the sources game, and I said, Yo, let's talk to Razal Bell about his incredible his incredible NBA journey, which I, I told you earlier. I was a big fan. I was a big. Fan. I thought, I, mm, you know, hey, that that guy, that guy's that, got some bro. game. I like he he stands up to Kobe. He don't give a fuck. Like I like this shit. <laughs> But no, nah, I, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to say, like, I'm sure when you when you got with those two guys, like, you kind of notice the greatness immediately. Like, in the approach, you see it on a day-to-day. You know, I obviously could make fun of practice all he wants, but you know he puts in the work. You know he's ready, and, and the same for Steve. So I know that had to be a, a, a fascinating journey for you. So just wanted to, I just wanted to give you a chance to say your piece, man. No, I appreciate that. And they they were both phenomenal. It, it's, it's incredible. I tell Logan this all the time, like, um, as it pertains to Kyrie specifically, because I never played with James Harden or, or KD. So I, I don't see them in, a, in an intimate practice situation and I ain't never played pickup with them. So, yeah. but it's incredible when even elite NBA guys go into a gym, the dynamic that takes place when a real special one comes into the gym. Yeah. Because you can, like I watched it with LeBron, who is the GOAT possibly, yeah, right? Yeah. Watch Kyrie, LeBron watch Kyrie and then pick Kyrie's brain like, damn dog, like what you're doing with that is special. How do I do that? Like, mm-hmm. so it's it's a really interesting dynamic how, you know, even the elites can see something like, and and game recognizes game in that regard, you know? So it's got to be really cool. I, I I really am. I mean, I love my job with Logan. Um, like, but I'd love to, <laughs> like, I would love to come up like, and look, you know, once the shit opens up, if, if Steve would have me, I'd like to see what that looks like behind closed doors. Because that's got to be a he real special environment. Back. He's not coming back at that. He's not coming back. <laughs> that bitch is full now? Nah, that, yeah, that yeah. amazes me too. It, 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 to hear them talk about it and just kind of be in awe of what Kyrie does on a day-to-day basis and stuff like that. And I, I tease Kevin, like, I know the energy in the gym changes in the open run when you walk in, you know, shoes in hands. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> we got we got right. we got to lock in. I'm like, I know you get every call. And, you know, he's... He swears he's fake modest on the court. He's like, no, nah, I got to argue for my call. So I'm like, fuck out of here. You call a foul. <laughs> they checking that shit up. Like, come on, dog. Right. But I, I, I'm I, always fascinated by that. In, in any field, you know, like, there's always a bit of a glow when a great walks into the room, a great at oh. whatever they do. And so to see that every day, I know it's got to be, it's got to be fun. And, and to just absorb their world in that sense. In, have you, you play have with you two talked of the greatest? Logan, I'm icing you out again real quick, though. My bad. Um, <laughs> I, fuck it. Fuck it. I always yeah, felt like... Um, I see it was going you know, on. People, it's cool. People take for granted, um, or maybe it's not even... That's not the right phrase, but people don't understand that NBA locker rooms and, and, and uh, um, you know, organizations are like any other place of business where some, some people can foster a great working environment. Some people mm-hmm. have an environment where you go in there, you're already like, oh, damn, yep. bro, I got to come to work again. Like, yep. it just makes it a grind. I always felt Mike um, D'Antoni was the best I ever played for at making that work environment fun, a place you wanted to be, um, a place where, you know, guys were happy when they came in the building. Um, I can't speak for Steve, but I'm asking you, I guess, because you're around it a lot. Like, have they, is that something that they can feel? Is that what's been generated in that building where, where there's a joy about going in that thing to work every day? They're, they're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the sense I've gotten all season from Kevin. And he's had an up and down season because of all the time he's missed and frustration with that. But he definitely enjoys what's going on with this organization. And they seem to be united in their goals here. And understanding of what they are as a team right now, as as a group of personalities. And that is a testament to me, to the coaching staff and just the leadership of the organization all the way up to the top. They seem to have a ton of synergy in what they're looking at, what they're facing, and where they want to go with all that. So I'm I'm with you. Like, he does seem to just, in general, be happy about going to work. And everybody doesn't get that. Every team doesn't get that. You know, we we, we hear that. Back to our interview with Dre, he said that like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like coming to work, knowing yo we about to get our ass kicked, and you yeah. know that's 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 they no sucked. fun. How could that be fun? You know, so I, I I definitely see that with Kevin, and I I had to adjust in the work we do with him from off season rehab, Kevin, to like all right, yo, I'll see you in two weeks. Uh, we'll work it out. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, right. we'll figure out how we're gonna do this shit since you're gonna be in you know Minnesota or wherever he's at on the day to day. 
Um, but definitely seems to be more joy in what they're doing. And I think you see it on the court. I think you see it on the bench. I think you just see it all around. And for all the talk about whether the personalities would mix and they is their one ball and all this other stuff, uh, w- when you're united in that way, you, you can you can sync up and none of that shit matters. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like in Brooklyn, it's a very much lower key super team. That makes sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem because I remember, you know, covering the Warriors and every day was something, man. And they weren't <laughs> even like the most, they weren't even the most controversial super team of all time, right? But every day it was something that was a little fire or something that was said to where it made national news. It seems like this team, it's not, it's not, I mean, there is national news that has been had, but it doesn't seem like it as much as. Uh, when when he was on the Warriors, so I could it, I'd, I'd imagine that's lower stress level, like for him. Some would say that's your fault, right? Some would say you did some <laughs> of that shit. <laughs> I did that. That was me. Oh, that was me you, who did that you shit. You and your boys oh, okay. over there in the suits. Me and my me and my pals. Oh, you and your okay. buddies. But no, I mean, yeah, uh, it definitely seems that way. But there's always talk about this team. At the same time, I think they're blocking it out really well, and they just there's a confidence in that these people don't know what they're talking about. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 sometimes I like to highlight, you know, the talking heads, they'll say one thing one day and the next two days, it'll be the complete opposite. Like, yo, I'm worried about the, the, the nets. And then, and then it's, yo, the nets are going to win the title. They blew out the rockets or whoever they beat that day. And it's like, can you make up your mind or like, you just have to say yeah. one or the other every day. But I think there's just focus. I think, it, I think it just goes down to the focus and, the United goal, the United front, and and also that uh, Logan Murdoch isn't out there uh, fucking him up with them, the messy ass questions, man. Ain't that a B? Anyways, um, that is a great. That's a that's a great time to um, end this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it was hella cool having you on the pod, bro. You know, we go back. You don't even gotta we don't even gotta talk about that, but um, catch. Uh, Eddie on the Etcetera's. How often does that come out? What 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 is the what is the schedule on that? Plug yourself ske- right now. What's what's going on? Yeah. So look, you can hear the Etcetera's everywhere you get podcasts, uh, including Spotify. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the gang here. Um, but yeah, we come out bi-weekly and you know, try, try to keep it uh premium, as they say. Uh but you know, we're working on other stuff with the boardroom, other stuff with the etceteras, and trying to expand our reach as far as a media company and just digging in there. And I'm, I'm having a good time, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the team. I'm enjoying the freedom that I get and uh, the trust that Kevin Ritz and everybody else has had in me. So uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. I've been there a little over a year now, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed all my time here. And, uh, Logan, man, don't don't shy away. You've been my guy since. Since way back, man, Logan, since he was a pup in the industry. So I, I'm, I'm always proud to see the moves you make and see you out here being a star, dog. I, I remember teasing you when you was on TV. And, uh, you know, you, you've earned it all. You've earned it all. So don't shy away from that. You know, I, I don't like when you fake modest. You need to throw your weight around a little bit, my guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Go, now, Logan. Now, now, next time, next time, um, just slide me that uh, Zoom link the next time I'll do the et cetera so I can take over y'all podcast. Oh, you, um. can definitely, <laughs> you can definitely sit in, man. But look, I don't get Razal Bell's audience every day. Maybe next year, man, you make that call. I'll be seeing you on a day to day. And I have oh. two sources. I have two sources of tickets in the Barclays, man. I'll be good oh. to go. Come on, okay. <laughs> mm. But no, yeah. no. Thank you guys for having me, of course, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, I enjoy everything you do. Lo, you my guy always. You know that, man. All good, man. Real ones. We'll see y'all on Thursday.